Let's lift up that name and worship today. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you say my name, you don't you don't affect the devil. But when you say his name, demons tremble. Demons tremble at the sound of his name. The Bible said it is the name that is above every other name. Woo. Furthermore, it says that every knee is going to bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's just something about that beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. We don't ever want to forget it. We don't ever want to forget it. We want to pray in that name. We want to preach in that name. We want to gather in that name. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. We're gathered in the name of Jesus today. We baptize in the name of Jesus today. Let me just take 30 seconds today and tell you, if you've not been baptized and went down in water in the wonderful and beautiful name of Jesus, you need to come see me and let me baptize you today. You don't need to leave this building without being baptized in the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody just say his name today. Hallelujah. There's just something about it. It can take the automobile steering wheel and steer you away from danger. Anybody ever been in an almost accident and just said, oh, Jesus? All of a sudden it was okay. It'll cause angels to come to the scene quickly. Just something about that name. Boy, I could preach about that today. As a matter of fact, the scripture said, The name of the Lord is a strong power. For the righteous run into it and are safe. Jesus. Let me tell you, that ought to be a name that is continually on your lips. Through every day that you live, you ought to say that name, Jesus. I don't mean say it in in vain repetition. You sure don't want to take the name of the Lord in vain. But I'll tell you, there's a time every day in your life when you just need to say, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, I need a touch. Jesus, I need the anointing. Jesus, I need direction. Jesus, I need healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, what a presence of God here today. To all of our guests, once again, thank you. Some of you I may not know yet, but I would like to meet you before you leave this building today. If I don't get a chance to say hello, well, thank you for coming. Thank you for being a worshiper here today. Christian Life Church is truly, truly a place of worship for all people. Everybody's welcome here. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have status. You don't have to be a certain color. You just, you just welcome here. Because this is God's church. 
I got news for you. There are going to be a lot of poor folks in heaven. Not going to be as many rich folks there because the Bible said it's hard for a rich man to be saved. So it's a little bit less chances the rich will be there, but it'll be a lot of us poor folks there. Amen? Not going to be one corner in heaven for one group and another corner for another group. You might as well get used to it now if you plan on going to heaven. We're all going to be together, honey. There ain't, there ain't no segregation in heaven. We're all just part of His church. Amen. You might as well smile a little bit today. I am just about to give the devil one more thrashing through the Word of God. Amen. I want to issue him warning right now. You lying, stinking devil. What I'm about to do is preach to you the Word of the Lord. Next Sunday is, is our first first Sunday. I don't know if you understand that. We, we have canceled first Wednesday, which was a night that we brought everybody in to worship. So next Sunday will be our first first Sunday. We're starting first Sunday when all of our children, staff, everybody will be in this auditorium for worship next Sunday. Don't forget that. Micah chapter 7. I told Brother Roy this morning, I said, wait till you preach in a church 30 years and see if there's anything new you can say. Every once in a while, Brother Eric, you just got to holler in different places and put a punchline in somewhere else. And the message don't ever change, though. And I got something for somebody in this room today. I told my wife yesterday, I said, I just, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but last night, last night, God spoke to me. And here it is to you today in Micah chapter 7. I'm going to read it in the NIV. Micah's in the Old Testament. Just search till you find it there. You'll get it. Micah chapter 7, verse 8, one verse of Scripture. I'm reading in the NIV version. Do we have it? Can we find it? There it is. In the NIV, here it is. Do not gloat over me, my enemy, though I have fallen. I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. You wonder what the message Bible said? I loved it when I read it. It said, don't, enemy, crow over me. I'm down, but I'm not out. I'm sitting in the dark right now. But God is my life. I would like to give you a proper, a proper text today. And it would be, a proper text would be, it's not over. But I'm going to give you an improper text, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't over. It ain't over. My text today is, it ain't over. You may be seated. As long as you have breath in your body, you have a chance and you have a right to be saved. I would like to tell you on this Sunday morning that every mistake that we make as Christians, as people of faith, is magnified by the enemy magnified. 
It may feel like at times that your world is finished and that God will not forgive you. That's, that's really what the devil would like for you to think on this Sunday morning. Well, you've done so much and you've, you've done so many things and you've done them so many times till there is no hope for you. Maybe you have failed. As a matter of fact, we've all failed. The Bible said that none of us are without sin. We've all sinned, and we've all failed God somewhere in our life. We've made mistakes. That doesn't mean we are a mistake. That just simply means that we have made mistakes. There is much power in rising up. After a failure. Somebody said, well, I don't, I don't know about all this failure stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know about greasy grace and all that stuff. But here's what I do know. It's not about falling or failing. It's about how many times you get up. You're going to fail. And if you're not failing at some point in time, it's because you're not trying. Nobody ever has complete success at everything. The question this morning is, do you have the fortitude? Do you have the grit? Do you have the determination to believe and to get back up? It was Winston Churchill that said this, success is not final and failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So your success is not everything. You may be successful today, but unsuccessful tomorrow. So that doesn't mean because you're successful and then unsuccessful, unsuccessful that you are completely unsuccessful. The problem with us is, is we let the devil get in our mind. And we magnify our failures more than we do our victory. And we don't want to. We don't want to listen to what God is saying as much as what our humanity and our carnality makes us listen to what the devil is saying. He will always magnify your failure. Don't you ever forget that. It doesn't matter how little or how big. It doesn't matter when or whatever. It can be 20 years ago and the devil will go rake it up out of the closet of forgiveness and bring it back to life and say, see what you are. See, you can't be this. He'll put it in your mind that you can never overcome it. But I've come to tell the devil, don't gloat over me right now. I may be down, but I'm about to get back up. I may have fallen, but I shall rise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, Confucius said it this way, Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail. There's a Chinese proverb that said, I read it this week, it said, fall down seven times, stand up eight. Fall down, that's just a simple proverb that the Chinese... Fall down seven times. Stand up eight. 
You see, it was Nelson Mandela, great leader of our time, that stood up and said, Do not judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I failed down and got back up again. And he spent years in a prison. I'm going to preach to somebody today. Quit wallowing in your junk. Get up out of your mess. Tell the devil he's a liar. It doesn't matter how much you fail. What it does matter about is that the blood we sang about this morning is flowing through this congregation. And somebody can be washed fresh. And somebody can get a new grip on life today. It's not about failure. It's about Jesus. Henry Ford. I'm just giving you a few quotes before I really preach to you today. Henry Ford, he said this. You know who Henry Ford is. He's the one that invented the best truck on the market. I don't know about all you other folks what you're going to do, but, you know. Henry Ford said it this way. Whenever things seems to be going against you. I love this. I read it this week. Whenever things seems to be going against you, remember that an airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. If everything's going good, you know what my dad used to say? Here's a GEism for you. If you're not meeting the devil every once in a while, you're probably going the same way he is. Huh? Somebody said, oh, I started serving God and life got tough. That's because the devil is at his job. That's because the demons of hell don't like you living for God. You can't take off with the wind in an airplane. You have to get against the wind to get up off the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, we can fly high today. It doesn't matter how hard the wind blows. It doesn't matter what you're up against. I just felt it in my spirit last night. I, I, I went and got my Bible. or my, I went to the Word of the Lord and said, it's, and when I read that NIV, it said, don't gloat, my enemy. Don't you get too excited. I may be in a little struggle, but I'm about to straighten my tie and put on my coat and get my victory shoes on. I'm going to dance in demon blood this morning because I shall arise. Woo. See, here's the deal. Your mistakes are a portal to possibilities. God, in His grace, lets us have mistakes. So they're either your friend or your foe. Your failure is your friend or your foe. If, it, if you let it become your foe, it will eat you up and it will destroy you. But if you let it become... Do you know how many times Thomas Edison failed before he discovered the light bulb and invented it? Do you know how many times Walt Disney failed and went bankrupt and lost everything he had before he invented Disney World and Disneyland? Do you understand that you never get anywhere unless the wind is blowing against you, people are talking about you, the devil's on your trail, everything. You don't get it easy, honey. What I've come to preach to you is your mistakes are a portal to a possibility in your life. And your failures are not final. It ain't over, baby. I'm here to tell you God's got some good stuff. He said, I'm going to get up. Micah said, you may look at me and laugh and rejoice, but I'm getting up. There's a God that is a light in the time of my darkness. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I may be down, but I'm getting up. 
I'm preaching to somebody here this morning. God doesn't define you by your mistakes, darling. He don't define you by your mistakes. You know what? There's a scripture in Psalms that says about God looking at Israel. It is, I've said it many times. I'll tell you who gave it to me. I wish he could see this service today. Brother Todd Oglethorpe years ago said, I got a sermon for you. And he brought me the scripture in the book of Psalms. The Bible said, but he remembered, talking about God, he remembered that they are but flesh. You might as well pinch yourself a little bit and make sure you're all there and because you're still flesh. You haven't been resurrected yet. There's nobody here that's got a glorified body. There's nobody here above mistake today. You're looking at a preacher that makes them. I'm big enough to tell you that I'm not perfect. I've made plenty of them. And so have you. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus, when he was with the woman that was brought before him that was in adultery, that's why he looked up in the ground after riding in the dirt, and his plain words were this, You that are without sin, cast the first stone. If you don't have any problems, you go ahead and throw your stones, honey. If you've been successful in everything you've ever done, you go ahead and throw your stone. But for a few of us, we're grateful for the grace of God, and we're grateful for the mercies of God. We're grateful for the things that God has forgiven us of. And every day His grace and His mercy is new. I love it when the writer said the mercies of God are new every morning. Why do you think God makes new mercy every morning? Because He knows we're going to need it every day. I'm here to preach to you today. Get up. Get up. Somebody jump up on your feet and say it ain't over. It ain't over, devil. You're a liar. I will not give in. I will not give up. He will pick me up. Simon Peter. Simon Peter. You know that name. Simon was a... He was quite a fella. God called him for being a fisherman. Called him into his troops and Make a disciple out of him. Simon, he was just an old rough guy. I've tried to get a mental picture of him sometime. But, you know, he had to be pretty mean, pretty tough. You know, he's the same guy that was in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. And when they came to get Jesus, he just took his sword off and whacked the guy's ear off. Pretty mean. Oh, you come from my master, huh? Cut his ear off. Jesus in his mercy picked it up and put it back on. You, you, don't, you don't believe that, do you? Simon was the one that when the Lord was said, said uh, who's going to deny me? He said, not me, Lord. I ain't denying you. He said, Simon, as a matter of fact, you'll deny me three times before the cock crows in the morning. Huh? And sure enough, three times through that night you read in the Scripture where Simon denied the Lord. Here's, 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 what, here's what I liked about Simon. All of his mistakes. He was also now the one that said, when they said, Lord, whom do you say that I am? He said, Thou art Jesus. Or Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus looked at him and said, Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Simon. But my Father which is in heaven. So he got a divine revelation of the Son of God. And and it was him that had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But I want to show you something. I want you to see something. After his mistakes, 
The Bible said when he, when he denied Christ around the campfire, he cursed. He got mad, cursed, and, and got out of there. He didn't want to be numbered because he was afraid he was about to go to a cross. He failed God. He failed him more than one time. And, but, but Simon, the Bible said, wept bitterly with tears. He was ashamed of what he'd done. But I want you to see something. In all of his mistakes, in Mark chapter 16, when the angel, when they opened the tomb and, and Jesus was gone, you know what the angel said? Go tell, go tell his disciples. Talking about Jesus' disciples. He could have just said, go tell his disciples. But he didn't. I want you to see something. He said, Put it up on the screen, if you will. It's Mark chapter 16, I believe, in verse 7, where the angel looked at those and said, Go your way, tell his disciples and Peter. He called him out. He didn't say, and Andrew. He didn't say, and John. He didn't say, and Matthew. He said, go tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. You know what that tells me? God don't define me by my mistakes. He saw Peter in his humanity. He knew Peter made some mistakes. He knew that he wasn't just right, but yet he is a forgiving God. That's why I've come to preach to you. Peter, a lot of folks would have wrote you off and said it ain't worth it. You know what I got to think about this morning? People that have done things maybe to some of you in this building or done some things you don't like. I got to think about certain situations. I can't name them because you You probably might guess who it was, but I just got to thinking, where is forgiveness at among people? Y'all want me to preach today? I'll I'll leave these notes to preach a little while if you'll let me. Because the problem is God forgives people and we don't. Well, she's a troublemaker. Well, he's a troublemaker. Well, I remember when he calls this stir. Really? to be right with God, you've got to get a spirit of forgiveness about you. Because let me tell you, God forgives people long before we do. Well, I just remember what they said about this. I remember how they ran their mouth about this. I remember what they done about this. I remember when they did this and that. And, that, and, and a one-time mistake, we write people off sometimes. I'm preaching to somebody in this church right now. God helped me to preach with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you on a Sunday morning, uh, you quit writing people off. You put it in God's hands. Because God could have wrote Peter off. But He didn't. Here came Peter back at Pentecost. And Peter's preaching the gospel. That preacher Peter's opening the door to the Gentiles. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody's perfect. When you fall, just get up because it ain't over until it's over. Hallelujah. I told y'all I was fixing to preach. Y'all can sit there and listen or say amen. I'm going to finish. There's still life in you, ladies and gentlemen, after the fall. I heard a preacher use this illustration. It's not original with me, but I heard it and I thought, my Lord, what an illustration. But you've got to hear it, so I'm going to give it to you. Acts chapter 20, verses 9 and 10. I heard this about a year and a half ago, maybe. And I'd never heard it this way before. 
And I thought, wow, wow. I never heard that out of that story. The Bible said, Paul was preaching in Acts chapter 20. There sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. You know what? You did? Church went so long you went to sleep. How many of y'all ever been in church so long you went to sleep? The rest of you need to be in the altar because you're lying. I've watched you. I know you're lying. Eutychus, the Bible said, watch this. Paul was long preaching. Help him, Lord. He sunk down with sleep and fell from the third loft. He was on the third story of a building. And, and he, he, you go study a little bit. He, he, he had one leg outside the window and one leg. He was straddling the window and he went to sleep and he fell the wrong way. He fell on the outside. You see, there's some of you in this room today that you've been around a long time, but you, you've got one foot out there and one foot in here, and then you have fallen at times and fallen out there. I want you to notice what happened. The Bible said he fell down and, and was taken up dead. In other words, they thought he was dead, and Paul went down, and he fell on him and embracing him. Trouble not yourselves, for there's life in him. Let me tell you something. He fell from a third story, and by all human reasoning, he was dead but not by the reason of God. Because folks that you write off, God don't write off. He, Paul put himself on Eutychus, and I don't know what he said or what he done, but the Bible said that he fell on him, and when he fell on him, he came to life. God raised him back up. Ladies and gentlemen, when you think it's over, when the world thinks it's over, when the I'm preaching to somebody of the Holy Ghost this morning, you've fallen, you've stretched the wrong way, you've went down, you, everybody's counted you out, everybody said there's no use for him, there's no use for them. Let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you today. Day. There's people that I, I sometimes give up on. I told my wife, I just don't know if they'll ever make it. But thank God that I'm not God. And thank God that you're not God. We serve a long-suffering God that looks beyond the faults of men. The, the song says, He looked beyond my faults and He saw my need. And so I'm here to tell you, Mr. Eutychus, if you're in the building today and you've fallen out of church and you've fallen away from God, He's here to pick you up this morning. There is still life in you. If you will let God pick you up today, it is not over. Hallelujah. Somebody said hallelujah. You remember a guy, and I'm hurrying now, by the name of David. You remember him? David of the Old Testament. The harp player. The songwriter. The poet. The little guy that was put on the backside of the hillside to tend sheep. Who became king. God loved David. As a matter of fact, David was such a unique guy. He could have took he could have took vengeance against the king and he wouldn't he wouldn't take Saul out and he could have. His warriors said, Let's get him down. No, he ran for his life and he stayed in his place and finally God put him up into kingship. David, David, remember David. David saw a woman that he wanted. 
And, and he called her unto him. Her name was Bathsheba, a very beautiful woman. And he had an affair with her. And he had a child with her. And David then called her husband Uriah up, who was a mighty warrior, and put him on the front lines of battle so that he would be killed. He literally committed adultery and he committed murder. When the prophet Nathan showed up and started telling David a parable, and David David talked to, to Nathan and, 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 and was denying what he really was in essence, Nathan pointed his little bony finger, and I'm paraphrasing all today, and said, Nathan, you're the guy. Thou art the man. David failed, and he failed hard. David failed hard. But God said, David was the man after my own heart. And I want to show you why. I don't have time to read it all, but if you'll put Psalms 51, on the, on the screen here this morning. I want you to get a quick look at why David was a man after God's own heart. He started his prayer. This in Psalms 51 is a prayer of repentance. Does this give you license to sin? No. It just tells you how gracious God is. Because he said, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly and from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Everybody in this room say this with me. He repented. Come on, say it. He repented. Verse 3, watch what he said. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. I won't ever get away, God, from what I've done. But he said, against thee, Lord, against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clearest when thou judgest. Let's move on. I want you to see it. Behold, he said, I was shaped in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. I was sinner by birth. I don't even belong to be here. Behold, thou desirest truth of the inward parts and the hidden part. Thou shalt make me know wisdom. Purge me. This is what he said. Lord, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. I want you to read on. The Bible said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face. He said, oh God, hide thy face. Blot out mine iniquities. Hide your face from my sin. Lord, please don't look at me as a sinner. Oh God, have mercy. And I love verse 10 because this is my prayer. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Ah, God, if you could just give me a restoration here today. If you could just pick me up on a Sunday morning. I've fallen, but I'm going to get up. Oh, enemy, don't you be laughing. Don't you be rejoicing. I've get down, but I'm getting back up. He said, Lord, don't cast me away from my presence. And please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore. Somebody shout, restore. 
Come on, say it again. Restore. He said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. That's why David was the man after God's own heart. That's why you can be too. Because you have fallen. But you can be restored. You can be made whole. God can fix you again. God can patch you up. God can make it all good again. Let me tell you a true story. There's value in restoration. Listen to me right quick. I'm closing. See, you can go check me out on this. There's a man. Anybody ever been to Las Vegas? You ever seen Wynn? Wynn Hotel? The Wynn? Big, high rise. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful building. Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn, who owns Wynn Dynasty. He is an art lover. He bought a painting by Picasso that was painted in 1932. Steve Wynn, because he loved art and wanted this painting, the painting was called The Dream. It was La Rem, but it was also called, that's what we understand, the dream. He bought this painting for $50 million. $50 million. Kept it for several years, took care of it. Decided along the way that he was going to sell the dream and buy some other paintings that he had fell in love with. So he put it out there. And a a man by the name of Cohen from New York City said, I'll I'll buy it. And he offered Steve Wynn $139 million for the dream. $139 million. So Steve Wynn sold it. And before he was to deliver it to him that very week, he called some of his friends. They had a big celebration. They had a get-together, had a party. Steve Wynn was standing up, and he had brought the painting out and put it on an easel. He was standing up before his friends. They all wanted to see the dream. And in his, in his celebration, he has some kind of disease that caused him to stumble. Sometimes his movement isn't good. But he was talking with his hands and he turned and when he did, his elbow went through the dream. Tore a hole in the dream. True story. You go you go look it up when I you gotta don't do it now. You go do it when church is over. His elbow went through the dream. And when he when he did that, he said a few words I can't repeat. But he said, What am I gonna do? He had to call Mr. Cohen, say, Mr. Cohen. I tore the dream. It's torn up. I stuck a hole through it with my elbow. I'll give you your $139 million back. And so he did. But he went on a search and he found someone who said, I can restore it. The man came and looked. He said, it won't be overnight. It'll take a while. I'll have to take pains. But I think I can make it work. I think I can fix it. And, And so... He, he brought 
he brought that guy and gave him the painting and he took it away and weeks turned into months and finally the man turned, returned it back to him and the dream was perfect. The dream looked good. Just like he said it would. But if you turn the picture around, there was things all on the back that never was there before. Because in restoration, there had to be some fixing. There had to be some time-consuming things that happened. He put it back to where you could see it, and it looked perfect. The dream was back intact. The $50 million of painting of Picasso was good again. And so, had so Steve Wynn was happy. He was so grateful that he had got Picasso's painting back to where it should be. And he called Mr. Cohen. And Mr. Cohen said, I want it. I want it. But I will not give you $139 million. I will give you $100. This happened just in maybe 2006. And later, he said, I will give you $155 million for the dream. And he bought it back. My point to you this morning is this. It looked perfect from the outside. It looked perfect just to view it. But if you were to turn it around, it had holes in the, and, and fixing and had all kind of conglomerations on the back. Because you see, anything can be restored. And if it was worth more than in, in restoration that it was at the very beginning. My preaching to you this morning is this. You may be torn. You may be messed up. You may have holes in your life. Your dream may be shattered. You may be standing here today saying, I just never will make it. I've been in trouble. I've got an addiction. i got a problem. i got a situation. I can't get beyond. But let me tell you, when He gets through with you, you will look from the inside out and see that God has put it back together. And your testimony is greater than it's ever been. You're worth more to God than I can tell you today. As we rise to our feet this morning, let me preach to you today. There's something God can do with your dream this morning if you will just allow Him to. He'll give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you all of joy for mourning. He'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He'll fix the stuff that you've been wrestling with. I'm preaching to somebody I don't know. I didn't know who's going to be in this building this morning. I didn't know. I don't ever know. I just said, God, you know who's going to be here. Let me say something that will help them this morning. Can you understand the love and the mercies of God today? Can you understand what God's trying to do in somebody's life here this morning? It's not God's plan for you to give up. It's His plan for Him to remake you. It's not God's plan for you to let your dream die. It's God's plan for it to be restored. It's not God's plan for you to leave here hopeless today. It's His plan to say it ain't over. Stand up. Rise up. You may be down. You may be fallen. It's time to get up. Because He is our strength and He is our peace. You've made bad choices. You've made mistakes. You've made things that, that didn't pay off. 
But I want to tell you, you need to trade in your failures for forgiveness this morning. You need to pick yourself up out of your mire. You need to press onward because that thing that's haunting you will destroy you. But I want to tell you this. I'm ending with this verse, Proverbs 24, 16. Put it on the screen if you will. Here's my final verse today. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Ha! For just a man falleth seven times, he's going to rise up again. The wicked's going to fall into mischief. If you don't repent, and you can't fix it without repentance. But if you don't put it in God's hands today, can I preach to you today, if you'll just get up and be man enough to say, I've messed up, I've made a mistake, my life is a wreck, I'm in trouble. I want God to restore me. Who will walk down this aisle on a Sunday morning and say, I'm ready for God to make my dream come true. I'm ready for God to fix me like only God can fix it's me. Renewing, Oh, you today. Restoring, restoring, restoring.